Hello, and welcome into the first edition of Find the Edge, uh, the new name of our uh, little podcast here, moving from Fantasy and uh, trying to get a more bet-centric name going here. So we'll uh, go ahead and give Cody Barwick uh, some credit for the rebrand. He is the brains of the marketing side of this operation. So uh, hopefully this name finds you well, (laughs) and we can uh, start a following and keep the ones we do have under this new name. But Cody, uh, I'll go ahead and toss it to you. Yeah, well... Oh, I don't know if I really want to put my name on the marketing strategy that we have. <laughs> I don't know how, how extremely successful that has been so far. But uh, no, I, I do think it'll be nice, um, especially just introducing the podcast to new people. It's so much easier. Just find the edge. Just It comes off the tongue easy. It, you can, If you know about betting, that's an easy betting term I think people will be able to, to grasp onto. And uh, we don't have to explain why it was once called Fantasy, which didn't really make too much sense now that we are leaning into the yep. betting side. And at the same time, allows us, you know, we take the football side of it off. We could talk about college basketball, NBA, hockey, whatever we want to. So also kind of opens up the uh, opportunity for us to kind of jump into some other spaces. But uh, yeah, while we're, while we're just rambling here, let's go ahead and make sure if you are not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed on the podcast platform or on YouTube. I uh, need to get the numbers up there, so would appreciate that as well as uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. If you like, if you enjoy, you know, if you like enjoy checking Twitter during games, especially primetime games, give me a follow there. I'm usually tweeting about something that I don't like that a coach is doing. So if you want to enjoy those, find me there. Uh, Nick, you had a successful week. I had a pretty rough week to cap off a pretty rough uh, month and a half, maybe a month, a month and a half for me, but. How about you take it away with uh, your first win of the week? Yeah, we'll we'll jump to the first win of the week. That is New Orleans at Minnesota. Minnesota plus three at home. They end up taking this one 27-19. Wasn't even that close. Uh, Minnesota jumped out to a 27-3 lead and just kind of sat on it. Let the Saints get into it, uh, get back into it at the end of the game. But the plus three pretty much felt safe from the jump. Minnesota really took it to uh, New Orleans. They did not have an answer for Josh Dobbs, who has continued the uh, you know the magic that he has kind of created here uh, after being traded from Arizona to Minnesota. So yeah, just like the like the spot quite a bit. New Orleans, uh, we kind of talked about it on the pod. New Orleans, uh, Dennis Allen and Derek Carr both struggle very mightily as favorites uh, against the spread in the past and we just trusted the trends and Minnesota came through for us. And then some, this was a pretty easy one. Dill Dennis Allen is the worst coach against the spread as a favorite in NFL history. That's, right? I think that is, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I don't know that for sure, but it's, I mean, he is, he's covering at something like less than 30%, which is just incredible. I think there's probably a certain game barrier right. on there. It's, he doesn't have a ton. And a run coach that like went 0-2 against the spread or something like that. Like mm-hmm. there could be one of those outliers. But with a certain number of games coached between his Raiders tenure and the Saints tenure, he has been terrible as a favorite. So, yeah, good call by Nick taking the Vikings. Uh, my first one here, I will jump into Jaguars plus three against the 49ers. This one was rough. Uh, anytime this game flashed on red zone, I was hoping the Jags were maybe finding their way back into it, but uh, the 49ers just ran away. I mean, every time, like I said, red zone flashed, they were scoring again. Uh, really, once halftime hit, I was really kind of just rooting for 
either one or the other bet to hit because I knew at that point there was really no chance that Jags plus three covers as well as my under does. So, you know, especially towards the end of the third, end of the fourth quarter, kind of just happy the Jags never really got back into it, secured the under for both of us, which was a win. Um, so that was at least nice, but <laughs> it was not fun for – the majority of this game having money on the Jaguars. Yeah, tough game for the Jags for sure. Uh, just a bad spot. The 49ers had all of their talent back, and they showed that uh, that three-game lull they had probably had a lot to do with all the injuries that they were dealing with. So uh, the Jags team didn't show up. They had four turnovers to the 49ers zero. Whenever that happens, you're pretty much dead on arrival. But at least they did cover our under. Both of us doubled down on the under 45. Looked a little dicey at times because it looked like San Francisco might put up Basically, all of these points on their own, but Jacksonville really didn't offer any resistance at all. 34 to 3. Uh, so, this was able to stay under pretty comfortably towards the end. Uh, you know, if you're going to lose the the one side, you at least grab the under here, and both of us doubled down on it. So, I think the, uh, the overwhelming confidence from the pod was good here, and this was a good bet at the end of the day, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. The under was, was the right play. Uh, we'll get into uh, the, really the rest of my losses here. Three more we got to go through. Uh, Titans plus one at the plus one and a half at the Bucks. This was another one that it never really felt like they had a chance in the second half. The Bucks kind of took the lead and then just cruised home with it. So, um, not really much to say. Will Levis didn't have his best performance. Obviously, you know, I wanted back Mike Vrabel as an underdog. Now 27-19-1, but um, just not the right spot. Obviously, on the road in Tampa Bay. I just I expected it to be low scoring by both teams and just the Titans could not get anything going. So it was it was a rough one. Yeah, this is similar to the spot I played a couple weeks ago with Carolina uh, against Indianapolis. You were getting points with two below average teams. Uh, and I thought I had the better coach in that situation as well. Uh, this is kind of similar here. You had your backing Brable, short dog. Uh, two teams that are probably what you consider below average, and you just kind of got rookie quarterbacked in this game. Levis, like you said, just couldn't get anything going. So uh, I don't hate the spot, don't hate the bet, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to swallow these when you're betting on guys in their third NFL start. Yep, 100%. Next, uh, next one, my only loss of the day. Me and Cody shared this one as well. I'm not actually surprised we lost this one. I texted Cody morning of on Sunday and said, I wish I could pivot off of Cincinnati knowing what I know about their offense. But their offense was not the problem here. It was C.J. Stroud absolutely dissecting the Cincinnati defense over 500 total yards uh, for the Houston Texans offense. So we just got this one pretty much wrong. We thought the uh, Cincinnati defense would – uh, be able to hold him somewhat in check. We took the Bengals minus six and a half. They lost outright 30 to 27. So not even close here. Uh, pretty much dead uh, at the time the fourth quarter started. Thought there might be a chance the Bengals could make a late rally and cover for us. But uh, no such luck. CJ Stroud is incredible. So we'll have to just remember going forward, if you're betting against a guy like that, you're, uh, you know, you're always risking that that other side coming through. Yeah, he's an interesting guy when it comes to talking about future weeks and how I'm probably just going to avoid betting against him because Better be a good spot. Yeah. he looks incredible right now. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. The only good thing that came out of this game was um, about half of the people in my survivor pool had the Bengals oh, as really? their, their pick this week. So went down from about like 48 to like 
I think like 28s or a little less than half got eliminated. So that was pretty huge. And then the Cowboys obviously came through for my half of it. But um, I will go ahead and just go over the Cowboys real quick because they dominated the Giants. Um, I had the under 39. The Cowboys cleared that on their own. And the Giants actually got a few more points than I thought they were going to they were going to. I thought they were going to have trouble scoring at all in this game. So to at least get the one touchdown was nice. Um, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I am very okay with this game, the way that it went. Dak Prescott saved me big time in one of my very important fantasy matchups this week. So if, it, if there had to be you know, uh, some highs and lows of the week, so getting that win in that league was massive was massive for me. So if there had to be a game where I had to lose my bet, I'm glad it was Dak Prescott and not a, not a big Tony Pollard game. Cause that would have really killed me. Yeah, it was uh you could, the, the Cowboys just, they do not like the giants. It was 35 to seven late in the third quarter. Dak Prescott still throwing touchdowns to CD lamb uh, up 28 in that game when they were absolutely dead uh, with Tommy DeVito in the game. So yeah, I, I think that that divisional factor can't be underestimated when dealing with games like this. They uh, they blew them out and they they really kind of laid it on them. They did not take their foot off the gas whatsoever. I'm gonna run through my last two. Uh, I feel like I have a bit of a bad beat here as far as the line is concerned. Took Detroit minus three at the Chargers. Leading up to us talking about this on the actual best bet show on Saturday, most of the week uh, this line was started at minus one. Went to two and a half, ticked up to three the day before we did the pod. I kept it in, still liked it at three. Then it came back down to two and a half by the time the game started. So hopefully you got it at one of those lower numbers uh, like I did earlier in the week at two and a half because we won this one straight up, 41-38. The Lions won at the Chargers. Sounds kind of funny in a high-scoring back-and-forth game like this, but I never felt in danger. I just always thought the Lions were going to have the ball last. I thought there was a good chance we were going to push because the Chargers offense was humming. Justin Herbert was doing his thing against this Lions secondary, but uh, the Lions just, they're the better team. They outgained them by over a hundred yards. They probably should have won by more than three, but at the end of the day, they, uh, you know, they, once they had the ball with about four minutes left tie game, I had no doubt that they were going to go down and just bleed the clock out and win this game on a field goal. So that Detroit team is really fun to watch. What a good game, though. 41-38, so much fun. I uh, loved watching this one. Do you have anything you want to say before I jump to my last one? Uh, that was definitely the game of the oh, weekend. So that fun, one, dude. I turned off red zone in the afternoon just so I could just watch that game because it was so, so much Those fun. Those 3 o'clock watch. games uh, awesome. But, yeah, I all of them were pretty good. I yes, mean, they really were. Great across the board. Victoria was at her parents' uh, first part of the afternoon, and she got home. And I mean, I was just glued to the couch, just watching, <laughs> watching football. And I was like, "This has been just a day of NFL oh, games." I was like, "My bets are doing terrible, but the the quality of football you cannot get, you cannot beat." I think it was five walk off field goals. Yeah, an NFL record. six if you yep. include Monday night football. Yep. Yeah, so it was. I mean, it was just an incredible day, and this game was one of them. This was. Like I said, just a lot of fun in general to watch. Um, I do think you got a little bit of a bad beat there, but yeah, I. Anytime you're playing the Chargers, if anytime it's a round three, you just feel like you're going to have a chance to win your bet. They just let teams hang in there, and in a situation like this, I'm honestly surprised that they were hanging, able to hang in there with the Lions as long as they did. 
Yeah, they uh, they Justin Herbert really showed up in this one, so you got to give him credit. But uh, at the end of the day, his defense gave over 500 total yards of offense and 41 points. There's not much you can do about that as a quarterback. My last best bet of the week, we went with the Monday Night Football under. It is now 11-1 and on the year by the skin of my teeth. Denver at Buffalo under 46.5 hits by a half point. That's why we look for those hooks. Uh, gave us a solid 3-1-1 one, and one, uh, on the week. And four and one if you got that Detroit number uh, either right before the game started or earlier in the week. So I uh, feel pretty good. My teaser, big fat L. I had Cincinnati in it, dead there. Baltimore, dead there. Buffalo, dead there as well. So we go with the trifecta. If you're going to lose, you might as well just lose all of them uh, because it does not matter. So you got to hit them all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, either way, we're still, even if you went, we even if you went with the teaser, we're up a unit. Uh, on the week that's all you can ask for that's above 60 percent. that's what we're looking for coach three and two baby yep absolutely um on the college football bets Ole Miss did not cover but if you took that Mizzou money line that was uh oh, that did help cover it a little bit this so weekend maybe. so they kicked ass. yeah absolutely had the win had the wins there but again a one in four week just wanted to go over I'll go over my record real quick before we get into it. Now down to 2018 and two and they're just keeping myself accountable here. Got to admit it. Got to say it out loud since week six, I am eight 15 and two. So I have been uh, a fade God since week six. So it's, <laughs> it's time to turn it around. As they say, they cannot, uh, they cannot make stories about comebacks if you don't have a little bit of failure. So Fair it enough. is time to, uh, to write the ship and get back to my winning ways. But um, where are you at? Where are you at? So now? I've been, that was a good I've been week. A I know slow. our records were somewhat close. Yeah, I've been a little slow uh, recently. The past three weeks before this one, I think I had two one and four weeks out of the three. Uh, but I am back up to 21, 17, and one. So right about at 55%, only getting you your money back. That's not good enough, Cody. We need to be making money for the people. So both of us really need to get it going here at the end of the year. I think we, uh, I think this is kind of the, this is the groove of the betting season because you really have a good idea of what these teams are at this point. Um, you know, there is a lot more information to go off of and we should, we should be hitting our stride as we roll into week 11 here, because uh, again, I think you have a full picture of what these teams are week to week. And uh, yeah, we are, if we are, if we're sharp and we stay smart, we should finish strong here. Let's go ahead and uh, take, Let's do it. take a look at these week 11 lines. I like a few of them quite a bit. Uh, this is the, I think this is the best slate since week eight, at least. The last two weeks have been tough. We we set it going in. There was a lot of good teams on buys and a lot of, uh, you know, just tough matchups to call. But this week, I think there are some opportunities. On Thursday night, we have Cincinnati at Baltimore. Thank heavens, we actually have a watchable game, finally. Uh, knock on wood. Baltimore favored by three and a half at home um, in this divisional matchup on Thursday night. Over-under is 46. Cody, where do you lean? My initial thought is to take the Bengals, um, but before I'm willing to put any money on this, I, I just want to see some positive news for both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Higgins is out. I know T. Higgins didn't practice, I believe, on Tuesday, yeah, so he's out. Okay, he's, so, I think he's been ruled out. I don't know if he's yeah. officially out, but he's he's not expected to play, so I would assume he's not going to go. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that and that makes sense. I mean, a short week, there's no reason to rush him right back out there, but... 
Um, it does make me a little bit more concerned. It makes push this a little bit towards the stay away category for me. But if I was leaning one way or another, I would take the points in a divisional matchup. Um, it just that seems to be the way to go, to go, especially in these AFC North battles where both these teams just find a way to stay in most of the games. Yeah, uh, I know it's it's tough. I, I think if Baltimore had won last week, even if it was a close game, even if they had somehow you know pulled that out against the Browns, hadn't let that last field goal go through, uh, I would be all over the Bengals here because it's a really it's a it's a hungry dog runs faster situation here where the Bengals are five and four. They just had a bit of an embarrassing loss at home to C.J. Stroud. And they really need this win even more than the Ravens do, even after uh, the Ravens lost last week. But uh, yeah, with the Higgins injury, they have two of their starting defensive ends banged up. Not sure about the status of Sam Hubbard or uh, Trey Hendrickson. That could be a big deal. I think I'm staying away as well. I would lean Bengals plus three and a half, uh, but I'm just going to stay away. I'm not, I'm not making this one of my best bets. The over-under seems pretty solid too with the – Defensive injuries, I could easily see this going over, and I just can't justify betting an over on Thursday night football or any other primetime slot right now. So, we'll uh, I'll stay away. Yep, here's my weekly primetime under update. We're now twenty five and seven on it's the season. Like, if you bet every it's like ten prime in a row. time under, so like, it's been like the last. Yeah, it's crazy. It's on a heater right now. Ridiculous that that for that Broncos game to go under. That was a, that was that was a gift from God. I mean, two missed extra points. <laughs> that Are was you kidding me? Yeah, I just I, <laughs> ridiculous. I should have lost that one for sure, but uh, yep. we, we take those. Um, yeah, so I think we're staying away from yep. this Thursday night if football you, um, game. Just enjoying watching it. As as a nice little stat here, fun stat of the of this game. If you were to bet a hundred dollars on every under in primetime this season, you'd be up fifteen hundred bucks. If you include every overseas game, which are standalone games, not necessarily primetime, you'd be up a little over two thousand dollars. <laughs> so just an absolutely incredible run. Uh, if you just if you even go a step further and just do standalone games, not just prime time. Yeah, that I'm I'm sick about that indie New England under last week not making it into one of our best bets. That that, that was just that looking yeah, back it on it, that was so easy. Such an easy one. Forty three and a half. It was a ten six game. Give me a break. All right. Uh let's go to the other AFC North divisional battle on the week. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. The Browns favored by four points at home, over under a sickly thirty six and a half points. Codes, I have a lean here, and it might not be where you would expect for a sharp better, but uh, tell me what you think. I'm assuming that you like the Browns then, because I think this is the typical Mike Tomlin spot. If you're listening to any kind of betting podcast, you've probably heard that multiple times already. So uh, Mike Tomlin, incredible as an underdog. If it's anything over three points, he's even more amazing as an underdog. So... This is one of those that a lot of podcasts are going to tell you, just bet the Mike Tomlin, Tomlin spot. You're going to win a little over 60% and be a very happy better. But, Nick, tell us why this is one of those 40 percenters. Why are the Browns going to win this one by more than So four? the Steelers have traditionally, like you said, been a, uh, a great dog to bet, especially under Mike Tomlin. They've been one of those teams that kind of just makes games close, even if they don't have the talent to keep up. But they've been really pushing the limits of that this year. They have been outgained in yardage every single week so far this year, all nine games. That is not typical of a good team, especially not a 6-3 and three one. Uh, I think this is a Cleveland team that's going to be hard to do that against, especially with Deshaun Watson playing better. They played earlier this year. Pittsburgh won by four at home on the back of two defensive touchdowns and a 75-yard George Pickens touchdown. 
does not seem very repeatable against a good defense on the road. And Cleveland, I think the the great equalizer here is that they are going to be able to run the ball all over the Steelers. That is their weakness. And if you can just keep this ball on the ground, Deshaun Watson's not going to have an opportunity to give uh, defensive touchdowns to the other side and let these pass rushers eat. That's really the strength of the Steelers squad. But we saw this Browns team run for 180 yards against the Ravens on the road last week. This is a much better matchup against a weak run defense in Pittsburgh at home. Four is a lot. I would probably wait and hope this comes down to three and a half, maybe even three. I think if it gets to three and a half, I'd be buying that extra point or that extra half point down to three to bet uh, Cleveland minus three. So that's where I'd look for it. But I, I it, it might end up in my five, even at four. I just, I think this Browns team is going to roll. Uh, the Steelers squad has, when you say they're getting lucky, I mean, it's, it's, it's more than even the Steelers are used to. So I think this Browns team is just just far superior at basically all levels. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't love betting against the Steelers in the spot. Like I it's, said, this is usually the, just one of those sixty percenters. You just take the losses when those happen. Yeah, but they're hard to ignore. Yeah, I I'm ready for the Steelers to like you said. I'm ready for their lucky streak to end because they are just one of the biggest frauds in the AFC at six and three yeah. right now. Um, they give me big time giants vibes from last year. I just think that if they find a way to sneak into the playoffs, they're just going to get the crap blown out of them by their first, first good team that they play. So, um, yeah, I, a little bit of a game here for you. What percentage of bets, what percentage of money do you think are on the Steelers right now? I'm going to say a little over 50% of the bets are on the Browns. And I'm going to say like 60 to 70% of the money is on the Steelers. We got 63% of bets on the Steelers, wow. 78% of money. Okay. So both, uh, both public. the public and the pros both still coming in. That on actually the Steelers, but makes me feel like I better. said, if you listen to any other, uh, yeah, if you listen to any other betting podcast, they're going to tell you just take the Steelers too. Yeah. Because they are always shooting for that 60% mark and they just wanted it. They'll, they'll take the losses, like I was saying. I think Nick makes a pretty good argument for, you know, the other. 37 percent of bets that are taken yeah that's see that's the right thing now. though is that i kind of i tend to agree i'd rather if all that pro money's coming in it should come down to three and a half the, potentially three. right so, so we'll see i i like nick's point we'll see if it comes down but the books know the books know these trends about mike tomlin they set the line at four anyway they see all the money like you said coming in on the steelers it hasn't budged from four that gives me some confidence that the books want money coming in on the steelers in this game uh, again, yeah, I think I think uh, you know the trends only get you so far. You kind of have to use common sense sometimes. This is one of those spots where I want to fade Tomlin. I think uh, you're just running into a really really good Browns team uh, at home. I don't just don't see how Kenny Pickett's going to move the ball against this defense, especially in Cleveland. Um, all right, so I, I think Cody is probably leaning Steelers, but Neither probably Steelers staying fans. away. And <laughs> this is there's a good chance this makes it into my five somehow. I keep talking myself into it. Chicago at Detroit, another divisional yeah, matchup. Right. The Lions favored by 10 points at home here. Over-under is 47. Cody, uh, you kick it off here. Do you think that line is set with the thought that Justin Fields is back? I think it would be closer to 14 if it's Beijing. So it'll go up if it's – Yeah, I I kind of figured – Yeah, I kind of assumed that as well. I – for the sake of my last fantasy league that I may have a chance in, I really hope Justin Fields comes back this week because we we need him big time. But um, I I want the Bears, but I'm kind of hesitant to 
to bet against the Lions right now. They they are just blowing teams out left and right. It's a divisional matchup, so like I said earlier, typically in divisional matchups, just give me the team that's getting points, and I'll be okay with most of the outcomes. But the Lions just look amazing, and they they blow teams out pretty consistently this year, especially at home or in controlled environments. So leaning stay away, but just I'm looking at the percentage of bets, percentage of money. It seems like the pros really like the Bears. Maybe one I get convinced into on another podcast. So I'd be happy to share some stats about it if I do, but looking to stay away right now. So I think at this point I would sprinkle a little on Detroit minus 10 with the hopes uh, that if, if Bajan is the starter, this thing's going to move by a full three points most likely, and you're going to get a really good number at minus 10. If it is Fields, I think I'm just staying away completely from this game. Detroit plays on Thanksgiving Teams, I don't have the stat in front of me, but teams uh, in the week before they play on Thanksgiving do not have a very good historical cover rate. Um, you know, that is a very short turnaround, an even shorter turnaround for someone like Detroit. I think they play at like 1130 on that Thursday, and that's always a very big game Probably, for them. Yeah. I think they're playing uh, playing the Packers, if I'm not wrong. Uh, but anyway, very big spot for that Detroit fan base to, you know, play at home as a good team on Thanksgiving like they always do. I think they could be looking ahead a little bit. Especially if Fields goes, I think I'm just staying away. I just can't back the Bears in this spot. Uh, but I would sprinkle minus 10 right now. And if it ends up being Bajan, you'll have a great number. Good call. Don't mind that. We got 77% of bets coming in on the Lions. 75% of the money coming in on the Bears. Wow. The biggest uh, <laughs> differential on the board at 52%. Yeah, they so. are... A lot of pro money coming in on the Bears. Like I said, there's a chance I get convinced to take the Bears if they're over 10 points, but I would have to have confirmation Justin Fields is playing. Yeah. I, I'm not taking the 9.5 or 10, risking the chance for Bajan to be the guy that's out there. All the trends are all over uh, the Bears, like you said. I, I don't think I could – I couldn't put this and the Browns bet in the same – it's just too much fading of the Sharps to, for my liking. I think I'd have to pick one of those. But uh, I think I'm leaning Browns in this game. I'm probably staying away. Uh, again, sprinkle on that minus 10 now if you want, and you'll get a great number of agent plays. Chargers at the Green Bay Packers, over under 44. The Chargers are three-point road favorites in Lambeau. Uh, I, I'm going to be straight up off the top here. Do not love this game. I uh, don't really know where to go here. It seems like a Packers spot to be getting three points at home. Uh, but I can't justify taking Jordan Love over Justin Herbert with only uh, three points going the other way. So what do you think? I'm right there with you. Um, I'm going to be looking to avoid this one as well. I actually I, – I initially would just want to take the Chargers because I'd rather bet on Justin yeah, that's my, Herbert that was my than thought. Jordan Love. That was my thought. But at the same time, I just don't want to put money in Brandon Staley's hands. I was going to make this point earlier, but I wanted to wait. With the Chargers-Lions game, anytime the Chargers are a favorite, you know the other team is going to find their way to stay in it until basically the very end. And this is just one of those, especially at home, the Packers you know, are down by two, down by three, and they find a way to score with a couple of minutes left or you know, with under a minute left, and the Chargers can't rebuttal. And the Packers end up winning this one or – losing by less than a field goal. So I I don't like this game at all. I'd probably avoid it. I don't mind the under 43 and a half just with it being in Lambeau. Uh, I'd want to double check the weather if there's any kind of weather. Ooh, yeah, good call. I'm betting against the Chargers um, in, a, in a bad weather game. Yeah, so that 
That's at least something to consider. That could change my mind about it. I would maybe lean Green Bay plus three if there is bad weather. That could really throw off this Chargers offense. Uh, yeah, I think we're both leaning towards staying away from this one unless there's some crazy line movement one way or another that uh, shakes things up. Raiders at the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins favored by 12 points at home. This line has shot towards the Dolphins, opened at 9.5 for the home side. It's gone all the way to 12. Over-unders, 46.5 in this game. Cody, love Miami in this spot. We've had a lot of success uh, so far this year playing the trends with the Dolphins. You fade them when they are not in Miami and playing a good team. And we want to back them, even as big favorites, when they're playing at home against a bad team. They've uh, they've been really consistent for us, and I, I don't see any reason to go away from them here as long as you're under 14. Yep, keep it under two touchdowns. I'm on the same side as you. Take the Dolphins minus the points. Um, usually it takes about two weeks, and then that new coach high tends to wear off from you know teams that fire their coach midseason. So I do think that the Raiders are going to come back to earth. I don't really think that they're going to be much more than a team that wins a couple games. I mean, just their entire – their entire offense is going to be held back by the quarterback position. Luckily, the Dolphins don't have that same issue. They could score so many points on this Raiders defense. It could it could be crazy. So I, I like the Dolphins minus 12. I don't necessarily love betting that big of a spread for one of my best bets, but if there was going to be one of these bigger spreads this week, this is the one I like. Yeah, I think I can almost guarantee you this will be in the five as long as we are 13 and a half or under uh, by the time we reach the best bets. That's no guarantee. This thing is moving up pretty quickly right now. I'd grab it at 12 if you can. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we've, again, we've, we've gone over this a lot. The, the Dolphins and Tua in general have just been really successful covering at home as big favorites. Uh, this offense just pours it on. Bad defenses. Uh, two wins against the New York teams at home does not a good team make. I think the Vegas Raiders, like we said, are really due for a letdown here. They just don't have the personnel to keep up with the Dolphins. And Aiden O'Connell on the road against an improving defense getting healthier. No, thank you. I think the Dolphins win and win big. Uh, they do play on Friday next week. So that's kind of a, a tough trend to gauge because it's not a Thanksgiving game, but it's not not a Sunday game. So that could come into play. They play the Jets, uh, but I don't know. I just I love these. I love this trend. The Miami's just been so successful for us. We faded them against the Eagles, faded them against the KC Chiefs, uh, backed them against the Patriots when they were big favorites, backed them against the Carolina Panthers when they're big favorites. They've come through for us every time. So I, I just want to follow this trend. Yeah, this is perfect. We can fade the Raiders this week. They'll get blown out by the Dolphins, and then we can bet the Raiders in two weeks when they play the Chiefs because I have a feeling that game's going to be somewhat close. So <laughs> that it could be the trend for the Raiders. I don't mind Coming that. from a Chiefs fan, I guess I will believe you. We'll have to see how it shakes out. The Giants travel to Washington. The Commanders, 10-point favorites at home. Over-under is 37 uh cody i will throw it to you to start i don't have a strong lean in this game but what do you think i i will take the giants plus the 10 points all day long the commanders yep. are not a team that deserves to be a 10 point favorite. totally agree. that's a complete joke of a line um and honestly it's a complete sucker line for the teams that or for the just random people out there that just want to fade the Giants because all they hear about in the media and on social media is how bad they are. Uh, the Commanders are a bottom 10 run defense. I think Saquon has a chance to get going this game. He's been kind of hampered 
understandably so the past couple of weeks. Um, and then I also just – the Giants are going to find a way to hang into one of these games. They're not just going to go 0-11 against the spread their last 11 games of the season, so they're bound to hang in one, maybe even give a scare. And the Commanders' largest win of the season's only been eight points. That was against the Falcons in week six. Um, again, just fading the Commanders here is huge favorites. I don't think they deserve to be a 10-point favorite whatsoever. Yeah, completely agree. I would not say it's in my five right now. Um, it's probably just on the outside looking in, but I would be definitely on Giants plus 10 as well. Like you said, just way too many points for a an average Commanders team maybe uh, even slightly below. So uh, their offense has been good, but they got shut down by this very same Giants team a couple weeks ago. They did. The Giants have had a lot of injuries on the defensive side since then. Uh, so obviously that could have an effect. But yeah, I, I just think it's uh, in a divisional spot like this, 10 points is just way too many for this commander's team. Uh, it's it's a solid bet. I think I think this, the Giants plus 10 is firmly in consideration for my four or five spot in my five right now. Uh, well, those can... Will just depend on how the line moves between now and Saturday. Dallas at Carolina. Dallas ten and a half point favorites on the road against the Panthers. Over unders forty two. Love a side here, Cody. I absolutely love a side. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you guess which one it is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's Panthers plus ten and a half. As the uh, the new Panthers fan of the podcast, Nick McDonald, apparently, yeah, has claimed to become. Um, yeah, I I don't necessarily love or hate either side of this. I'm kind of indifferent. I just if you're going to be smart about it, I would take the Panthers plus ten and a half. This is a very very classic Cowboys letdown spot after they have just blown the doors off of two straight teams. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. That's exactly uh, the point I was going to bring up. They also obviously have the Thanksgiving, uh, you know, narrative to think about here. They do play uh, against the Washington Commanders at home on Thanksgiving, and then they have a run after that of some very important games. Uh, I believe they play the Eagles within the next couple of weeks, the Seahawks, the Bills. A lot of tough teams coming up uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. This is just a very easy spot to overlook a Panthers team that has been obviously bad this year, 1-8, and eight, but they are not Giants bad right now. Um, you know, they, the team that the, the Cowboys just blew out at home. And this Cowboys team has just been different on the road. They had that one win against the uh, the Giants, 40-0 to zero in Week 1, but they have lost every other uh, road. They've only they've only won one road game besides that one. It was a 20-17 to 17 game against the Chargers. They've lost their other three road games, so including a game that they were 12-point favorites against the Cardinals earlier this year. We've already seen it from them. Uh, yeah, I just th- I think this Panthers defense is pretty good, and this Dallas offense has trouble traveling. Uh, and 10.5 points is a lot, especially to cover on the road. Uh, Carolina will be motivated again. We've, we've talked about this a lot, but this Carolina team has no reason to lose games. They do not have their first-round pick, and... I uh, I could just see a, a Cowboys letdown. I, I I can't recommend betting the Panthers to win, but I think this could be a a closer game than you would expect. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same side as you right there. I'm actually curious. That's what are we looking at right on, now? Uh, we'll see how it ends up, but I, I like it a lot on, at ten and a half. 
Yeah, 84% of tickets on the Cowboys, 55% of money on the Panthers. Love it. So Love it. There's still there's only 16% of tickets, 55% of the money, uh, 39% differential. That's I think the second biggest on the board this week. So and Nick is uh side The number sharks. has come Don't down a little bit. It it's come down. It was eleven and a half to start, it's down to ten and a half. So both the books and the sharps are telling you that. Carolina is probably the play. I think I would take it all the way till it gets below 10. Well, hopefully it will hold there uh, until Saturday. Tennessee at Jacksonville, another divisional matchup here. The Jags favored by six and a half points at home against the Titans over under is 40. Uh, I do not love this game. I have a really hard time. I want to take the Jags here after such an embarrassing uh, loss to the Niners. This seems like a bounce back spot for them, but Six and a half is a lot to catch against Brable. Uh, what do you, what, what say you, Cody? Yeah, I, this is two philosophies kind of me, kind of pulling me two different ways here. I love betting Mike Brable as an underdog, especially when you get him over a field goal. He tends to cover in those situations, especially in divisional matchups. But the second side of it is you do get the, you know, post-embarrassment bump, if you want to call it that. The Jaguars got blown out in what some people were calling the biggest game of the week against the 49ers. So they obviously have a lot to come out and prove this week. So I – and honestly, this is just two teams I kind of like betting on. I like watching for some reason. So I'm probably just avoiding it. Um, it's a divisional matchup in the AFC South. Over under at 40, I wouldn't mind taking that under. I don't hate that bet, but as far as the spread – I could see the Titans winning. I could see the Jags winning and covering. It, it could go any direction for me. I'm not. I can't narrow it down. Yeah, the Jags blew out the Titans twice last year, uh, both at home and in their building. Uh, so it gives me pause because, like you said, I think the right side is the Titans. Just from a betting perspective, it's too many points to give variable in a you know divisional matchup. But you've got a rookie quarterback on the road for the third straight week here. It's been a tough, tough scheduling for the Titans here. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, just tough spot for the Titans, but I also just can't give, I can't bet on the Jags minus six and a half in this spot. So I'm leaning towards staying away from it. Don't blame you. Arizona at Houston Texans favored by four points at home over under 47 and a half. I have a lean here. Uh, it may not be the way you expect it to go, but uh, Cody, tell me how you feel about this game. Yeah, I I need to start making some better notes because half my notes just start with, I don't, I don't like this game. <laughs> I don't like this line. So need to get a little bit more definitive before next week. Um, my philosophy is going to tell me to bet against the Texans. This is the highest point their franchise has been at in the past few years. So it makes sense just to take the Cardinals plus four. But um, the the inner fan in me right now is probably going to avoid me from betting on this game. I, I want to be able to root for C.J. Stroud and for him to kind of continue this just insane rookie season that he's having. I kind of enjoy the historical aspect of it enough to – to respect it. So I think Cardinals are the smart bet. I think that's, that's the way I would lean if I was betting it. But if I get the chance to, I just kind of want to enjoy watching what CJ Stroud's capable of and, and kind of hoping that he wins this game. Yeah, I would. So I'm leaning Cardinals plus four, uh, but that's not my bet on this game. My bet is over 47 and a half. I really, really hope this thing holds around here. 
Hope it does not tick up to 48 and a half. 48 is a pretty key number in this situation. Um, yeah, I just I love this shootout potential of this game. I think you've got two suspect defenses, especially on the Arizona side. Uh, should be a lot of points back and forth. Kyler Murray looked so good last week. The results were good, not great, but I think if you watched the game, you really saw how healthy he looked. He had a ridiculous scramble towards the end of the game, kind of showed his old self to a degree, ran uh, probably about 60 total yards for a 14-yard gain, but he kind of looped all the way around from a couple rushers and got a first down on a third and 10 that ended in the uh, Cardinals kicking a game-winning field goal on that drive. Um, but Kyler looks back to me. I think four is probably too many points to give Stroud against Kyler. Uh, I think People just don't have that sour taste out of their mouth of this Arizona team earlier in the year yet. Uh, but I think the Sharps have already pounced on this one. That's that's why I would not lean towards the line. It was five and a half towards Houston. It's come down to four. Uh, I wish I would have gotten the number at five and a half, but instead we're just playing the over. I think there's a really good chance this game ends up being the you know the Chargers Lions game of the week. Maybe not forty one thirty eight, but let's call it thirty one twenty four somewhere around there. Yeah, no surprise here. Both the public and the Sharps are on the Cardinals. 74% of bets, 74% of money. So there is a lot of agreement on the Cardinals side of this bet. Yeah, that's that kind of scares me. The number has come down a point and a half, but I would expect it to, I guess, if you want to bet the Houston Texans, you can probably wait and this number will come closer to three as long as those trends stay where they're at. Uh, but if, if Vegas is going to hold this at four, I think that says something about their confidence in the Texans. But uh, if you're like me, you don't even have to worry about that. Let's just watch both these quarterbacks cook, and let's just take the over in a in a dome. We have no weather to worry about. Uh, 47.5 is very doable, in my opinion. Yeah, don't mind that. Tampa Bay at San Francisco. The Niners are 11-point favorites at home against the Bucks. Over-unders 41.5. The Niners absolutely destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road last week. Now they get the Baker Mayfield-led Bucks team at home here. Don't have a strong lean myself. Uh, the Niners, I guess, would be uh, where I would go with this, but 11 points is quite a bit uh, to lay, uh, especially for a Brock Purdy-led team. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I tend to agree. 11 points is a lot, but I've gotten burned a couple of times betting on the 49ers um, already this season, betting against the 49ers, so... This is just this is a complete stay away from me. I I do not like this game because I I could definitely see the 49ers putting 30 something on the Bucks and the Bucks having trouble kind of scoring and staying in it, but at the same time 11 points like you said is a lot for a Brock Purdy led team. So um it's a stay away from me. Yeah, 11 points just leaves that back door open. That 10 is really key. If it comes under 10, uh, I might have some interest, but I feel like the Sharps won't let that happen. San Francisco also plays on Thanksgiving, so another layer to the avoiding San Francisco in this one. Um, yeah, I, I think this is just, there's a lot of trends that would suggest you take the Bucks, but there's no way I am betting against the 49ers now that they're healthy uh, with Baker Mayfield as my quarterback. No, thank you. Uh, Jets at yep. Bills. Bills favored by seven points at home. Over-unders 40 and a half. Uh, I, I feel bad saying this again, but I think this is another game we are staying away from. Uh, I have a few reasons, but Cody, I'll, I'll get, let, let me get your opinion on it first. And then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give the reasons why I, I just do not like this game or this line. 
Yeah, from a betting perspective, I think I think you have to try and avoid it if you can. But I a part of me just sees a Bills blowout on the horizon here for sure. Um, this is not a primetime game, which is probably good for the Bills right now. They need a get-right spot. And I think there's a possibility that this is the game. The good thing for the Bills' defense is they get to play against Zach Wilson this week. He's good at making anybody look good. So I think that they don't have to worry – they're not going to have to score a lot on offense to be able to cover the seven points. So I, I'm actually leaning the bills. I, I wouldn't mind taking them. My only issue is I just don't like, I don't like betting against really, really good defenses because you just never know what they're capable of doing. But I, I also just don't think the bills are as bad as they've been the past couple of weeks. I, I, I see a get right game on the horizon. I do as well. I just can't believe they're still getting seven points. Uh, that, that is such a big line yeah. against a good defense. I cannot stomach betting for Zach Wilson again, after he burned me against the chargers two weeks ago. And uh, honestly, I, I was leaning jets in the, uh, the Sunday night game. Luckily I just ended up taking the under, but I would have bet the jets if I bet the game and I, I would have had another hair pulling event uh if i had had to watch zach wilson ruin that game for the jets once again because they should have won that one too um but yeah i mean it looks from a betting perspective i think the jets plus seven is the right side here especially from what we've seen from the bills the past few weeks but like you said i could easily see this being kind of a get right game the bills fired their offensive coordinator frank or excuse me ken dorsey uh this i guess it was today earlier today uh late yesterday either or uh Maybe they get the you know the the post firing bump that we saw from the Raiders and their uh, head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, so I could see this going either way, and I just I don't have any confidence backing either side here. Uh, it's just yeah, historically the trends you take the Jets, but Zach Wilson's one of those guys that kind of breaks that mold. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna lock it in right now. I feel really good about Bills minus seven. Yeah, yeah. The more I think about this game, okay. the more I think of the way the seasons are rolling. I just this is just one of those where the the Aaron Rodgers stories of him returning, they they go bye-bye. They died this week because the Jets just get the doors blown off of them. The Bills are not a playoff team by multiple sources in the media. They're not good enough for this. I, this is a complete Bills spot right here. I, I love the Bills minus seven. Okay. I'm not going to lock it in because I could definitely get talked off the ledge, but – I, I have a good feeling this is. I think you're be talking me into it a little bit. I, I think I have five I like more right now, but uh, we're going to throw it in the bin of consideration from six to 10. Seahawks at Rams, our last divisional matchup of the week. The Rams are favored by one point at home. Over under is 46. Uh, damn, Cody. I wish I would have gotten this line when it was plus two and a half for the Rams. Love them in that spot, but. A lot of trends that say uh, a team that gets bet from an underdog to a favorite is a really bad trend to back, but backing the Seahawks on the road against a Rams team they traditionally struggle against sounds like a dangerous proposition as well. So another game I am leaning stay away, but uh, Cody, tell me why I am either wrong or if you agree with me. Uh, slightly agree with you. Stafford makes this game a little bit more interesting for me. Um, it does seem like he's going to play, which I think is why it got bet down to just plus one. Now, I think if he, if he plays and he can stay healthy and finish the game, I wouldn't mind betting on the Rams, but I also would not bet that Matthew Stafford starts and finishes any game for the Rams the rest of the season. He is, 
an injury risk on every single play. So with that being the case, uh, until I see something from Carson Wentz, I just do not feel comfortable backing the Rams. I I know that seems kind of just a dumb philosophy, but Matt Stafford leaves what seems like every game this season with a back injury or something. And I just – I don't want to have money out there. And Brett – I guess Brett Rippon's not on the roster anymore. But whoever their backup quarterback's going to be on Sunday comes in and just cannot put it together. It's very possible, yeah. If Stafford is not actually healthy, then this could get ugly pretty quickly. Uh, that under 46 seems rather enticing as well. I feel like these Seahawks-Rams games always end up being somewhat low-scoring affairs, uh, even when these two offenses were you know, really humming a couple years ago. So uh, I think that would be the lean I'd have here if I had to have one, but there are other games I like more. I don't see either one of these lines making it into my five. Sunday night football, Vikings at Broncos. All of a sudden, a game that has plenty of playoff implications on both sides here. Denver favored by two points. Over-unders, 43.5. Cody, I'm finally ready to back my boys here. Uh, I think Denver minus two is a pretty solid play here. Let's do it. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Josh Dobbs is due for a letdown. Minnesota's won five in a row. Denver may be due for a letdown themselves, but... I think what they have been doing is a little more repeatable. They're not necessarily relying on Russell Wilson or any one outlier performance to kind of guide them. They're they're just, you know, their their defensive players got healthy. Their defense looks a lot better, kind of more like what we expected it to look like coming into the year. And uh, Sean Payton's offense has always been a pretty easily operatable unit. You know, it's a lot of short stuff, a lot of running the ball, a lot of stuff that is fairly repeatable once uh, it is, you know, in motion. So, I think this is a good spot to back the Broncos under a field goal. Hopefully this stays uh, below three uh, until Saturday. But uh, I think there's a strong chance this makes it into my five as well. And, hell, why not? Let's take the unders, uh, 43 and a half. Yeah, um, you owe me a Russell Wilson jersey after I backed them on Monday Night Football and won that one. So make sure you get that to me by Mm -hmm. Sunday so I can put it on also. No problem. You got to send me a picture. It literally – no pictures. No pictures. <laughs> uh, if, if you, uh, if I, if I know that I didn't share this with you, I would have thought you were just reading off my notes because bullet by bullet, you basically had everything I had in here. I'm, I'm right on the same page with you. Um, like you basically said, the Broncos, both teams could technically be in that letdown situation, but the Broncos are doing things on a much more consistent basis. The Vikings are a little bit flash in a pan we saw the uh josh dobbs kind of multiple touchdowns he had this past week that are just something that i don't think are going to be repeatable we've also seen i mean josh dobbs a journeyman quarterback for a reason he usually has these flash starts you know once or twice and then teams get film things like that of what they're running what they're doing he tends tends to get shut down pretty quickly so that has been his Achilles heel in the NFL. I like the Broncos minus two. You don't even get the full home field advantage for mile high, which is crazy to me, especially with the run that the Broncos have been on the past couple of weeks. Anything under a field goal, I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, both of us leaning pretty heavily towards the resurgent Denver Broncos on Sunday night football. Last game of the week, rematch of the Super Bowl last year, the Eagles at the Chiefs. Chiefs getting two and a half points at home. Over-under is 46. Uh, Cody, as the resident Chiefs fan in the podcast here, where do we lean? 
So my initial thought is just take Mahomes at uh, a field goal or less favorite. So you're basically just looking for them to find a way to win this game. He tends to do that. He's 15-4-1 against the spread of a favorite of less than three. So this just kind of seems like an easy spot where you just take him and, and you just hope he finds a way to win it. Now, I don't really know the math behind this to be able to figure it out, but I would love it a little bit more if it was under two, just because the Eagles have so many packages to be able to score two point conversions if they need to at certain points in the game that like I could see this game easily falling on one or two or something like that, just because of a a two point conversion here or there, you know, there's just their ability with the tush push, I guess, to be able to just pull points up in different ways, kind of. I feel like throws off the numbers a little bit. But like I said, that's really nerdy, really analytical stuff that I really can't explain without the data. But my initial my initial thoughts take Mahomes, take the Chiefs at minus two and a half. But um as someone who's probably already gonna be sweating this out as a fan, I don't think that it's gonna make my my top five. You know, uh earlier to, earlier it was either earlier today or yesterday when I saw this line at three for the Eagles, I was thinking about just locking it in immediately uh i i did actually put a sprinkle on the eagles plus three uh if this is at three for the eagles i think there's a strong chance it makes its way into my five i think they're just a far superior team right now on really both sides of the ball uh you have a defensive line that can disrupt mahomes that's kind of the thing that has been sort of the equalizer in games like this is do you have a defensive line that can get pressure on Mahomes while only rushing four? They weren't able to do it at all in the Super Bowl, whether it was because of the field surface or whether uh, the, the, you know the Chiefs' offensive line just played a great game is up for debate. But um, yeah, I think I think if the the Eagles' defensive line is able to pressure the Chiefs in this game, uh, this Chiefs' offense has been out of sync the past couple weeks anyway. I uh, I think the you know the Chiefs' defense has been sort of carrying them. I don't think you're going to be able to do that against this Eagles team. They are just too strong on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, AJ Brown is kind of a, a code breaker. I don't think the Chiefs have anyone that can hang with him. So I I, I get all the trends. It does scare me a little bit, and it's probably why it'd be cl- farther down my list of five if it ends up making it in there. But if it's at three uh, come Saturday, it's going to be really hard for me to leave it out. I just I I make the Eagles as a much better team right now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't necessarily have too much to say about that. We know the Chiefs' struggles on offense. They are very, very real. And uh, you could typically take advantage of the Eagles through the air. You dip, you, uh, blah, 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 fuck. You typically cannot run. <laughs> Dang it. Told myself to stop cussing. <laughs> that's, that's a bad way to end the podcast there. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I I don't necessarily hate it. That's why it's not going to be a part of my five. I'll put in one of these other games I didn't like quite as much earlier over this one. I These really good Chiefs games, I just like to be able to enjoy them as a fan. I, I don't want to have money riding on it, and I don't necessarily want to bet against them, especially at under a field goal. Yeah, how so, about these primetime games uh, this week? I, I Oof, can't, it should be awesome. A lot of a lot of good football. I mean, they owe it hopefully. to us. <laughs> Knock on wood again, Jesus. <laughs> they, I mean, they put they put week ten on on a loan. Yeah, and, and they're just paying it off this That's week. That's true. So, I mean, the the primetime games and these really the past two weeks have been somewhat of hot garbage. So, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be fun for sure. Honestly, even Vikings Broncos. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago, you would have looked at that and just been like, Ugh. Oh, crap. Right, but now go. there's a lot of intrigue there. Yeah, now what? Uh, don't mind. What's it. your early five? 
Um, let me just go down the list real quick. Broncos minus two, Bills minus seven. Um, Steelers plus four, I don't mind, but not necessarily loving it. Bears plus nine and a half or ten once I know Justin Fields is in there. Uh, I'll just shout out Dolphins minus 12, but I don't think I'm going to put that one in. Jets plus, or I'm sorry, not Jets. Giants plus nine and a half or plus ten, depending on where you can get it. Um, I think those are the ones I like. And then give me every primetime under. <laughs> yeah, you have to bet them right now. Miami minus 12, <laughs> definitely in there for me right now. Carolina plus 10 and a half. Uh, Arizona, Houston over 47 and a half. Those three are the easy ones. Uh, Denver minus two, Cleveland minus four, and Philadelphia plus two and a half, three. Uh, those are my last three that are in consideration right now. I think two of those three will make it in depending on the live movement. And, uh, you know, if there's a backup out there, I think uh, Arizona plus four is interesting. I wouldn't want to double up on that game, though. Um, Let's go to Chargers minus three. I have a weird feeling about that. I don't like the spot, but I I had the same feeling that you did, Cody, that I saw that game and I just I want to bet on the Chargers. I, I think this Green Bay team is just really bad. Yeah, I did do a weather check as we were switching to the next game. It's just supposed to be cold, no like kind of crazy okay. weather in Lambeau. So yeah, on the back burner. Don't think it's gonna be too crazy. We'll see. Yeah, I don't mind that one. Also, I I would want to back the Chargers in that spot. I'm sure the trends or the the pros would probably tell you not to take the home yeah, underdog. Yeah, hundred percent. But Jordan Love stinks. Yeah, he's oh maybe not actually. He's uh, well, yeah. 24% of bets on the Packers, 43% of money. So yeah. there's a pretty good lean on the on the Packers. Yeah, that kind of scares me off, but I don't like that's a but, public spot. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else you want to yeah. add before we get out of here? Oh, actually interesting. Uh, the public as a betting this year, overall the public, 57%. Wow. This is one of the best <laughs> public betting years of all time actually right now. So as we, are, uh, we have been notorious for saying fade the public as much as possible, but – we should change that to fade Cody from <laughs> week six through ten, and <laughs> you'd be you'd be very happy. We'll turn it around. That is Bob. what it is. Um, yeah. All right. I don't have anything else. It's almost midnight. Let's get this thing out of here so we can get it posted in the morning. You got anything left for the people? No. Nope, just check uh, check with us on Saturday and see where we land on our uh, finalized best bets. Yep. Absolutely. If you stuck around for the full hour, go find us on Facebook. Go find us on Twitter. Even if you can't listen to the second podcast of the week, I will post the best bets on the social on Sunday yeah, morning. So worst case scenario, you get it there. But make sure you check out the the video or the podcast on Saturday morning as well. Peace out. Peace.